Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Merhaba, merhaba, hello, hello, and welcome to episode 50 of the Lions Den, a Galsaray podcast done by the community for the community. 50 episodes, wow, what a number. I can finally say, soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, all of you from around the world for tuning in and supporting us till now. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Today has been a glorious day. It's Sunday as of the recording. I hope you guys enjoyed your day as much as I did. And me and the lads are here today to discuss a lot of things. But before we get into that, Yasin, you enjoying yourself as much as I am, brother? How can I not, man? I mean, 50 episodes, that's crazy. I feel like we just started recently. It's been over a year, uh, 50 episodes deep. So that means 50 games that we've watched together, we've spoken about together, we've, we've spoken with fans along the process with summit and all so it's been a crazy ride and you know we're still going through this and we appreciate the comments from you guys all the time that's keeping us motivated but i'm doing good man as you said today's sunday we have a little bit of fun topic to talk about that's maybe not directly gossip related but we'll get into that i'm doing good though i'm good to hear good to hear and Saleh, arsenal won gossip won and our rivals closest rivals lost you're having probably one of the greatest weekends in your name, right? <laughs> having a blast of a weekend as well. Thank you for uh, yeah, mentioning that once again. Brings joy to my ears uh, to hear that. But yeah. Real recognize real. <laughs> it does, it does. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, also for our fellow Muslim listeners, uh, Ramazan Ayah has started as well. And for me, that means being also a bit more spiritual, but also, uh, well, losing some weight as I've uh, been becoming a fat ass a bit. But <laughs> besides that, doing good, doing good. Um, yeah, glad to be back. It's been, again, like, what, two weeks almost, unfortunately, due to uh, international break. Uh, and it's good to come back to these winning ways. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, unfortunate that we can't, you know, see our beloved team play for more than two weeks straight as of late. Um, but that is changing very soon, very soon. And like Salah said, it's it's a Ramadan, Ramazan. Hopefully, all you guys are having a great Ramadan, Ramazan. And uh, yeah, the, the rest of the lads couldn't make it today, unfortunately. But there is plenty to talk about. Plenty. Uh, what do you guys want to start talking about? Do we want to talk about, you know, things that aren't directly related to us or related to us first? What do we, which, uh, you know, I, I think we start with what's fresh, what's most fresh. We usually start with recent news. And I think the most recent news as of this recording, which is Sunday evening for us now, is this Bishkhtash Fenerbahce Derby. And the absolute... All right, let's talk about that. Yeah, the yeah. absolute the, the, embarrassment from our rival. <laughs> Emma, I'd like you to kind of get started with this one because <laughs> I'm sure... I mean, we all had a blast, but I feel like you had... An even bigger blast watching this I'm game. I'm still happen. smiling. <laughs> it's been four hours now. It's it's been I don't know two hours since the game ended, and uh, I don't know. I'm really really happy to see 
you know, um, God's judgment passed down onto those who think that they are divine, you know, um, source of, I don't know, they think there's some shit. Really, that's what it, it, what it all comes down to. So, apparently, we don't play anything, but our rivals, being Fenerbahce, plays uh, godlike football. And we're constantly telling everyone that they will be champions. But from what I saw today, they were an absolute disaster. Made a mockery of themselves. Whoo, man. <laughs> I, I swear, if, if this was here in um, Alisamian, Fener Alama would be on for 24 hours straight. So they, they, oh man, I, how can you be a team that gets two penalties, not one, but two penalties and a red card and still lose 4-2 to 10 men? At home. You got Lale Orta as your 12th man. No, not even, the, no, they weren't even down on one man, bitch. They were down two because they had VAR on their side. <laughs> it's a shame, shame. This is what you get, boys. What do you guys got to say? Oh, if I could keep going on with the VAR, but... <laughs> I guess... Um, keep going. I guess, again, in the uh, Ramadan spirits, you know, Pener being uh, playing this uh, devilish football, the gates have been closed to hell today. So, God has risen, shown us some justice, and um, yeah, just like you mentioned, they Bishtash got down to 10 men, and somehow they were able to net four against Fenerbahce, which... Also, at the end, I mean, you guys probably heard on TV too, the fans started yelling, Unity Mystifa, etc. You know, the usual stuff uh, that we get at our... Ali Koch, Burak Ma, please, stay with us. The usual implosion that we get at the end of the year. And um, yeah, long may it last. Yeah, and you know, there, there's so many funny things that happen this game. And it's just like, which one do you want to talk about or laugh at first? It was one nothing down. They could have made it 2 nothing with Valencia with another penalty, of course. penalty. Palencia, you mean? Palencia <laughs> playing on penalty, but you know, it's, it's, they suit one another. And of course, their first goal was received maybe not from Palencia, but instead Arda, who I credit, very skilled footballer, very good. I've been talking about him for a long time. I'm a fan. But today he showed that, you know, he does play on Fenerbahce. He, he dived. Got a crazy penalty, which you can look at it from whatever angle you want, whether that's a video taken from the stands or one of the videos that Lale Orta and Bean Sports wants to or doesn't want to show on TV. <laughs> Any single one Oof. of them will show you the same thing. And that's it was a clear ass dive. I think he needs to study Valencia a little bit closer to learn how to dive a bit better than he did today. But you know, he still he still got the penalty. He still got the penalty. Um Bro, you know how many angles I saw of that dive? I swear to God, the only angle I haven't seen yet is from probably space. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen every single angle and it, you can't, dude, he completely dived. He was not even touched. Yeah, I'm sure Lale Orta and Fenerbahce put that video into a chat, one of those, um, what's it called? AI video? Chat GPT. Chat and tried to make it seem like an actual penalty, but I guess they weren't so successful. But, um, and the, crazy, mean, and the crazy thing about it too is, again, no yeah. VAR. Like, they, they, they didn't call uh, the ref, which was Halil Umutmeler in this case, to even check if it was a pen or not. They just, I guess, communicated to him like it's a straight pen while we all could see that, well, that he dived. Yeah, <sighs> they, they clearly took that responsibility off the ref. And we were talking about briefly before we started the pod, but you almost can't blame the ref for giving the penalty because... 
I can't speak for everybody, but for me, watching that live, it really did look like a penalty. It was a very terribly timed challenge by uh, the Besiktas defender. Honor. Honor Bullock. Honor Bullock. Yeah. And it, it, it was just stupid. It looked like a penalty. I was like, okay, you know, there goes Fran Butcher again getting another penalty. And then after watching the replays, I was like, God damn, this is actually a dive. And here I am waiting for VAR to call the ref over. And they actually he actually did listen. So they had some sort of a discussion. VAR really did take some time to process what happened. And it's ludicrous that after all that time, they still decided that it was a penalty. And they didn't leave it to the ref to make the final decision. I mean, calling a ref to the VAR doesn't mean that the call has to be overturned. Exactly. It usually means, okay, we think that there's reason to overturn but we're going to let you be the deci- uh, the decision maker. So they definitely did the ref um, a service here. Um, they, they helped him out saying, we'll take, put the blame on us. But then what? What happens after that? You know, it, it's kind of a cheap method of keeping the referee free of mistakes. I mean, while it's really TFFA and VAR organization that should get, be put under the spotlight, which our club did again after the game. They called out the ref. They called out Lale and said, you know, Mistifa, like you guys need to move on. We'll talk about a little bit more about that, you know, during our game to discussion as well. But I yeah, fa- no, keep talking about Finner. Yeah, and how they lost. Listen, I found this so funny. Towards the end, Bishitash with one man down, they scored the fourth goal in uh, extra time, I believe it was, or right before extra time. And I, you know, I actually didn't hear it myself, but I saw Fenner a bunch of comments saying this. Keep, keep me honest here, but apparently Fenner a bunch of fans were applauding Bishitash after the yep. fourth goal. Yeah, they were. They were. <laughs> that's so that's hilarious okay so it's 4-1 and then in extra time Irfan Jankavici scores to make it 4-2 and they booed him <laughs> and they start booing him <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I give a lot of shit to find a bunch of fans because you know not all of them but you know the ones I've from my experience they make a fool of themselves but you know their their reaction there was kind of uh applause worthy from my side of things at least maybe because I was enjoying myself too much but that, that was funny. Uh, like you said, Emre, I think they were saying Yuna Timisifa at the end. And if you guys didn't catch it, they start cursing and saying Istifa. And then being sports mutes them so that us television viewers don't hear it and see it. And then they put like this, like they put like a random typical like applaud, like, uh, you know, fan noise instead. Like that, that's what they did. And they have a history of doing this in the past as well. But it was really evident in that moment. So, you know, being sports is trying to help out their buddy Ali Coach here, but I don't know who can really help There's him no out of this him. situation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who can save him at this point. But we can't get we can't let this get to our heads, of course. We had a good laugh. And uh it makes it all that much better given our result from yesterday. So everybody's happy tonight. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um congrats to <laughs> Everybody that won that game to, you know, Besiktas, they deserved it. It was really good by them. They're probably handing us over the championship, you know, or gave us a big step boost. up. Mm-hmm. A good boost because mentally, mental-wise, they are fried, Fenerbahce. Like losing against 10 men, bro. 10 bro, men you, and missing a you penalty. You can see they went, like Yasin just mentioned, right? They're the applauding. Um, you can see that they're going basically mentally insane like uh, yet another year where we're basically bottling it and finishing second to one rival be it Besiktas or us um, but yeah that's um... and that's <laughs> yeah 
Kidding. That's the way she wrote. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Besiktas, um, before we move on, if we want to move yeah, on. One question I do Go have, ahead. Emre, and that's specifically for you. Have you come out of the match oh, boy. unscathed? Because you were telling us that you were cutting some potatoes. And you almost cut yourself from laughing. Yeah, out of... <laughs> you know, no, no, I got hype. <laughs> I think when Redmond scored, dude, I was cutting potatoes. I was like, let's go. Because <laughs> I was expecting Fenerbahce to get like a third penalty or something, you know? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so I was like, I was like, let's go. And he scored a freaking banger, that guy. Yeah. Bro, I don't think I'll ever see Redmond perform like that again. He put the Match performance of, of a life. lifetime in. Yep. <laughs> For sure, bro. Um, as I was saying, speaking of Besiktas, um, they were putting in a request to have everybody's points nullified. Uh, well, the points nullified from the Gazantep and the Hatay games. Point being is because they're saying that they wanted, uh, they're playing two extra away games. So, and we have a report from Fatih Doan saying, this is the direct quote. Seven clubs voted in favor of nullifying the results against teams that pulled out of the Super League, while four voted in favor of Terefefe's current decision in um, the Kulipler Billy's meeting. So, boys, you think anything will come out of this or not? Nah? Um, From my understanding of previous Kulipler Billy decisions, it's, you know, it's not a matter of majority. It's like every, I think everybody needs to be on the same page for them to really make a decision that changes what's already happened. I mean, at the end of the day, Kulpebili is also not just you know, FYI. They're not the ones that's making the decision, right? They're coming together and saying, look, as Super League teams, this is what we think should happen and this is what we think shouldn't happen. They write a letter and they pitch that or they send it to Tefefe, who then reads it and makes a decision if they want to listen and they want to act on that, right? So Ali Koch being the Kulpebili president or whatever his title is, he's a head guy there. You know, he presented this. He said, these clubs said this, these clubs said that. I believe one club, Hatay Sport, they just decided not to say anything at all. A couple of clubs, including Bashak Shir, didn't attend the meeting. Rather, they, they sent by email or by letter their actual opinion on it. And, you know, now we're waiting to have FFS decision. But I believe if you look at Turkish Football League history, in situations like the one that we have now where certain clubs have to back out for X reasons, they applied the ruling of, okay, remaining games is a 3 nothing win to the team that is still there and a 3 nothing loss to the team that isn't there anymore. Um, but will they, will they change it? I'm not sure. If they do change their decision, I think it's going to be quite the chaotic scenes going on in the Turkish League. Um, I don't know. What are you guessing about that? I, I also don't, I personally don't expect it to, to change. Also, in this case, nullifying all the results, I mean, basically, it um, benefits, like, I, I, if I recall correctly, Bishtash in this case, right? Because they drew their games against Yeah, them. mainly them. Exactly. And the, Drew and lost one, if I mm -hmm. call. And the way I see it, and it's not just because it benefits us, but I think the way it stands right now seems, to me at least, most logical. Um just the games that you've played so far, you just get the points, whatever you deserve. And yeah, the ones after that, everyone just gets the auto free points for it, which seems most logical to me. Yeah, because their main counter argument is, oh, we played these two away games. So we we're actually playing two away games extra compared to, you know, Fenerbahce and, and us. Mm -hmm. um, we, meanwhile, we're going to be getting the three points for free in both games without playing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, okay, let's say that's the case. It, it is what it is. You know, what can exactly. you do? You can't go and say, oh, I wish this never happened. All right. Uh, I understand that it might not be completely fair, but at the end of the day, you're going to get three points for the games you played at home or that you were supposed to play at home against these teams. It's not like you were, you're not getting anything in return. They're just complaining about us or them playing two extra games away. Exactly. And it's also not like there's no like this decision was planned or anything. No one expected a Exactly, big bro. Ass they're saying that it's oh, if they're not going to be relegated, then they shouldn't be counting they should make this leak set, like seem as if they don't they didn't play at all. That's what they want. That doesn't make like sense at all because then you have to go back and change everything. Like what are you going to do about all the games that were affected after those games that we played? Like for example, Optukeden was um given a red card during the Gazantep game. What are you going to do uh, for Kaiseri who won both their away games and trying to get on a higher, you know, standing in the league because mm-hmm. that it does affect you in some way in the uh, in the Turkish uh, cup and whatnot mm-hmm. and the amount of money you get. What, what is going to happen towards the teams that took some points from them that are on the bottom of the league trying to fight their way out of relegation? What are you going to do? You're, you're literally screwing over tons of teams for the benefit of your mm-hmm. own just because you happen to have two away games in the first you know, half of the league. What can you do? Yeah, just remember during COVID. Before I say, remember when COVID first hit? I think we played most of our derbies away with no fans. Meanwhile, other teams they had their fans, and we had to play our home games with no fans. You know, there's a big difference. Like, what can you do? It shit happens. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you can't it just what you can't control every little thing. It's like the past. You can't change the past that happened today. IRL physics doesn't allow things like that. You can't, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think there's any correct way to go about this where everybody's happy because, you know, depending on the draw at the time, depending on the results and everything, everybody's going to be left some sort of, or some, at least somebody's going to be left up un- unhappy. But this seems to be the precedent about how we did things in the past. So I think it's only fair that we go about it that way going forward. Um, I, I really hope Tefeve doesn't change their decision because, you know, that means the first decision that they made, they didn't feel 100% confident to begin with. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I think we can move on from that one. We'll keep you guys updated if we hear anything else. Bet your asses I will keep you updated. <laughs> uh, all right. So... A little bit more news regarding Galatasaray. Uh, we're targeting a safe standing area boost to the uh, Neff Stadium capacity. So they want to add more uh, seats, guys. Around eight to 10,000 seats. Uh, they got permission from UEFA, but now they're just waiting on the TFFA to get permission. You guys think that this will potentially go through and sort of set up like a system where they have it at Borussia Dortmund's stadium? Like they call it the yellow wall. Will we have our own red wall? Sadi, what do you think? Um, so whether it will be put through or not, um, all I can say on this matter is that I do hope it does. Um, especially the idea is that the standing um, capacity or the spectators will be behind the goal and these are usually the fanatics anyway. They don't, I mean, as far as I know, they don't sit that much too. So it will boost... 
um, the amount of spectators. I think it'll just bring better atmosphere to the stadium. And the only reason why you maybe could say no to the uh, standing uh, spots is, well, in history, of course, stadiums did have some standing uh, spots for uh, the stadiums. But unfortunately, due to some incidents that happened in the past, uh, overcrowding and people got like crushed, basically, on top of each other. Trampled. Exactly. That, that's why they went against the rule, I think, in UEFA, where you need to have uh, basically seats. But I, I don't really see any reason. Well, UEFA said, yeah. So he's, they're like, yeah, do you, bro. Now we're just waiting on TFF. And then exactly. So in recent years, it, it has been lightened because more and more clubs are actually requesting to have these uh, standing uh, spots back. But I don't see any reason why we would be against this. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, for TFF, I also don't see reason. Why they would say no. Maybe if uh, other rival clubs would, again, try to block it because they can't afford to do it or they don't want to do it. But outside of that... They might not have the capacity. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the only reason why I say uh, it's not happening. What would uh, your yeah. take be on this, uh, Yasin? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to trust whether TFFA will do the right thing or not, especially <laughs> given how much pressure and critique that they've received from site club recently with the whole refing thing but i do trust our approach in uh requesting this because adam tumor and his team they have experience in you know construction architecture all that that this is what they do for a living and we've noticed immediate impact from them in just a matter of less than a year right whether that's the the island that we have, um, you know, on Bosphorus, I believe that's where it is. Uh, whether that's the Floria project, whether that's the new locker room that we have, they've made a lot of changes, you know, from an architect point of view, very quickly. And that he has one of the best. Uh, he's one of the best in Turkey in in this regard too. So I'm sure he went to TFF and UFA with a very organized, very professional uh, proposal, a pitch saying this is the way that we want to do it and this is why it's going to be safer than anything else that you can imagine and we're going to take this very seriously uh with that said i do trust that this is going to happen and the guy that gave the the conversation you know the interview on uh Gossai tv recently he said they can do this immediately once tefe gives the yes hopefully soon this will be ready by next season so can you imagine going from fifty thousand to sixty thousand? that that's 25 percent increase no 20 percent increase in our you know in our stance and not just a 20 percent increase but that that's the people that sit behind the stands those are the ones that are the loudest so not only increasing 20 percent in people but the ones that are actually the loudest is the ones that are actually increasing so that if we thought the stadium atmosphere was crazy before mm-hmm. my god is it going to be crazy now um, we might break a new uh record <laughs> the 60,000 definitely yeah man I mean I hope it goes through it's not only that the tickets will probably be cheaper as well a little bit more affordable they can afford to bring down prices just a little bit more for those seats well no, there is no seats but you know <laughs> entry prices might you know <laughs> might be reduced slightly but yeah uh, in other news moving on Erden Timur come, came out and finally revealed Zani Olo's transfer details. Um, Yasin, you are the guy that works in, you know, <laughs> counting and uh, the business world. I think you are most qualified to give us 
a good breakdown of this. Sure. Um, I mean, so he didn't just talk about Zaniola, by the way. For for those who didn't get to listen to it, and if you might have time, I highly suggest that if you understand, you know, Turkish. Uh, I, know, I know we have a lot of Galsai fans that don't understand Turkish. That's totally fine. And I respect those guys even more that they're able to follow Galsai as detailed as they do without understanding the language. But if you do, listen to Adam Tumor speak in that interview because he's, you know, one of my favorite people to come to this club at a high level in recent history. Just the way that he carries himself, the way he talks, and the what he says in the value that it carries. Uh, he mm-hmm. talked about Zaniolo, obviously, but he talked about Galsai and our approach to how we react and how we don't react to Tefefe this season. And especially how we react and don't react to other clubs, our rivals like Fenerbahce this season. Because Dorsen Özbek also gave a uh, interview recently um, where he said, look, Ali Koch and Fenerbahce are saying all this stuff and they're trying to get us involved and bring us down to their level of you know professionalism, which is at a low level. And we're not going to accept that. So a lot of the times we just haven't said what you know what what's on our minds to stay professional but because of all these false rumors recently because of you know journalists claiming incorrect information you know that's hindering our our face and the way that how we stand as a club is the reason why I Adam Tumor had to come out today and say what I what I'm saying so what he did which was the craziest thing I've seen recently a, cl- a club professional do regarding to a transfer fee is he brought out the official documents and offer letters of Galatasaray to AS Roma for Zaniolo and he brought Fenerbahce's offer because in recent news apparently Galatasaray offered way more money for Zaniolo and in fact, AS Roma gave Fenerbahce the uh, the priority, but because we offered so much more money that they sold him to us. And this was a rumor, mm-hmm. and this hurt Galsai Club, and it's just false news. And Adam Tum was like, look, I'm coming out because you guys are talking BS. Here's the facts. Here's the signed <laughs> papers. And what did those papers show? First of all, our initial offer... Our, our our flat off our guaranteed transfer fee right you guys i'm going to break this apart into several different ways guaranteed so no matter what happens to zaniolo no matter what his performances are <laughs> we owe uh, as roma 15 million euros net and this is spread over five years 15 divided by five is three million euros a year right that that's what we owe roma it's not all at once it's over five years that's part one and then there's a, a bonus part to it, right? Yeah, get ready, and these boys. Bonuses, and these bonuses are usually pretty interesting. And they, every club offers their own types of bonuses. And, you know, sometimes when you, when you make a statement of a transfer fee, when you buy someone or sell someone, you tend to include bonuses so it seems higher than it actually is, you know, to appease the fans and the news and all that. And at, at face value, they said, oh, it's a 30 million transfer. And some and some fans are making fun of Galsai for this, you know, Turkish news. How can you spend 30 million on Zaniolo? He has two bad knees. He hasn't been in form. He has mental issues. How the hell are you spending 30 million? And Tumor said, we're not spending 30 million. We spent 15. The rest of it is TBD. And what is that TBD? He broke it out. He said, the first part is if Galsai go to the the round of 16 in the Champions League 
and and Zaniolo plays. Okay, so this is a bit tricky. I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of components to this. I'm trying to read, <laughs> but there's like a one million euro bonus if we go into the round of 16, and Zaniolo plays at least 526. Uh, no, what is at least half the games. I think at least half the games. Yeah. Okay, that's what it is. And I'm I'm not gonna go into the detail of all these uh, guys because it is quite a bit. But you can find this uh, online. There's another bonus that if Galsai get to the quarter round of the Champions League, they get another million euros. If Galsai go to the semifinals, they get another 1.6 million. If this happens twice, they get 3 million. If, uh, if Galsai plays in the Champions League, no, if Galsai wins the Champions League, Roma gets another 1.5 million euros. If Galsai goes to the finals of the Europa League, the finals of the Europa League, Roma get 1 million euros extra in bonuses. If Galsai wins the Europa League, AS Roma get another 1.5 million euros. If Galsai win the Turkish Cup and Zaniola plays in this, in this game, Roma get another 800,000 euros. If uh, Zaniolo plays for Italy, I believe, <laughs> in at least 50% oh of their God. game, bro. It's, it's, it's some whack-ass... You know, uh, okay, okay, I'm so going to get to the last one, which is the funniest one. If Zaniolo wins the Ballon d'Or, so if he is the best player voted by FIFA in that year, AS Roma get another bonus from that. So, like, think about what I just said. All these situations are very difficult to reach, and hey, if even if some of these are reached, let's say Galatasaray gets the Champions League final, so what if we have to pay Roma another million? Because the bonus, I hope all these go through. I hope all these go through because not only is his value going to skyrocket in that process to make him actually worth that bonus and more, Galatasaray is going to re- receive so much in additional revenue in that process. We'll buy five more Zaniolos, bro. <laughs> what do you mean? So like, like oh, Galatasaray paid thirty million. No, we paid fifteen million euros. And we didn't even pay three million of it yet because it's for the whole year. It's if he actually, if all these things actually get accomplished. So what am I trying to say here? And this is what we actually have to think about, right? Fifteen million is actually what we have to pay. If we try and sell Zaniolo this summer, we can sell him for twenty million and still break even and make profit because those other bonuses would have never been reached. Because we're not in Europe this right. year, right? We're in Europe next year. So like 90% of those bonuses would never be reached. So his actual fee would be anywhere from 15 to 20 based on some of those Italian or Super League Cup bonuses, right? So that's that. If you read anything else in the news, it's BS. You're going to have Fenerbahce fans, Besiktas fans say, oh, these these are made up by Eden Tumor. You know, how does he have this, blah, blah, blah. Eden Tumor is a professional. He... He's not some guy off the street. He knows what he's doing and he's an honest man. And if he's saying this, I'm going to believe it. I have no reason not to believe it. Mm-hmm. You have no reason not to believe it. So that's that. And one more thing I'm going to say before I, I, I'd love to get your commentary on this, guys. He showed Fenerbahce's offer, which was 16 million net, right? Like, you know how we offered 15 guaranteed? Fenerbahce offered 16 million. And with bonuses, it was up to 21. So in total, with bonuses, sure, we offered more, but their bonuses, the 5 million bonus that's not guaranteed, 
I, I don't have it in front of me, but they were way easier to achieve than the bonuses that we gave. So, you know, all this news of, you know, our, we're paying so much more is absolutely false. In fact, Fenerbahce offered more guaranteed money. And then somebody might be like, hey, then why the hell did Roma send him to Gauside and not to, uh, to Fenerbahce? Number one reason is because AS Roma can go to the journalists and press and say, look, Gauside offered 30 million. That's the most money that we received, so we sold him for that. That sounds a lot better than saying 21 million that Fenerbahce offered. That's why number two, the kid probably and likely wanted to play next to Icardi, Mertens, Torreira, Sergio, the guy he, who he just won the conference league with. And, you know, honestly, like, not no bias. Galatasaray is the most successful club in, in Turkish league history. Yeah, exactly. It's because it's Galatasaray, bro. no bias? I mean, that's factual. <laughs> uh, also, dude, he had Mancini, the guy, the man, the mensch. Aynan. But that's, that's that. Like... You know, it, it was really a, you know, a final stamp on this discussion. And he called out all the journalists in Turkey. I think he even mentioned the, the Fenerbahce journalist, Yaz Sabanjolo. He's like, look, you know, he's Sabancho. saying this. Meanwhile, it's, but it's, it's, it's really, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I just found it really interesting. And I loved how he spoke. Some other fans' teams are going to see like a little bit of quotes selected from you know, certain pages on Twitter and be like, oh, this guy's such a jerk or he's a this, this, that. They're going to call him names. But if you actually listen to what he said and how he said it, I love this guy. He's, he's my second favorite guy at Galatasaray Club since Mustafa Cengiz. Like, that guy was a very honest man. He worked hard. He had Galatasaray's true intentions best interest at heart at all times all times and this guy is the next guy for me Adam Tumor and I hope you know he continues this way it's it's sometimes easy to fall into all the drama he he said he made a mistake and he apologized yep. saying that Galsai will pull themselves out of this league if TFF continues the way that they are he said this in a post game interview once and he apologized for it and he spoke about it in this interview he said look I try to be careful. I try to think about what I'm going to say five to six times before I say it. Because when you're angry and you have emotions, you say things you don't mean. And that, that happened to me. But that is what it is. I'd love to get both your thoughts on that. I mean, you pretty much just said everything I wanted to say. He, he is that guy. He did go and do a lot. Well, like He put to bed all these, you know, these Olga operation schemes being pulled by everyone and their mother because they know it's very hard to take a championship out of our hands once we are full throttle you know in the driver's seat they're going to try every single tactic in their hands getting people like Lala Orta into you know places she doesn't deserve to be getting people um you know sold you know pencils pens in media to say things about us that are fake. To start, dude, they were trying to say Kerem and Sergio Oliveira was fighting. Meanwhile, kind of they fighting. were not even in the yeah. same like vicinity. Kerem was in the national team. <laughs> Sergio was, you know, in the fucking uh, training. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So as for yeah. me, this is this is like yo, this is just games that we gotta play. Unfortunately, that Adam Timmer seems to be playing pretty well at the given moment. So. I don't have much else to say about this. I don't know if Salah has 
more to say about For him. me, um, yeah, it was originally about Zaniola, right? Most about him. What I would have to say, what I um, like about the deal, even though it may sound crazy about, hey, uh, you get a bonus if you win the Champions League or, you know, reach the finals of the Europa League. But it does tell me that we do have a, a grand vision at hand. And in order for Roma to uh, convince them that we will... I mean, that we have these bonuses that actually might be activated. I think that says a lot about what we want to reach in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Edith Timur has also mentioned, right, that he wants to make Alsai, uh, what was it again, top 10 club or whatever in the world. Mm-hmm. He wants to really create something with us. And like Yasmin mentioned before too, I, I really like Edith Timur. I, in the beginning, I didn't quite get the hype as much because I just didn't know who... I mean, I did know who he was, but... We haven't seen much from him, at least. I, I've I seen a lot. Like, he sponsored a lot of our uh, deals. He was I know, okay, so money-wise, of course, that way, but more as a Nedesem, direct person that is involved with us, if that makes sense. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, now, that, now that I have seen him, I do have to say that he's not only just talk, he, he does what he says, and he does it in a professional and good manner. I, I don't think anyone can even from a rival club, could really hate on the guy because, honestly, he's not... That is him. He's a... He's not a bitch. <laughs> he's, he's a normal... Yeah. He's just a normal, straight-up guy who does he's everything very well. He's a self-made man, you know? Exactly. Someone with a vision, not someone that has everything handed to him on a silver plate with a silver and, uh, spoon stuck up in uh, their butt. Goes on with a megaphone whenever uh, shit hits the fan. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like <laughs> right. All right, with that said, I think I would like to get into the game. This was... Uh, Let's do it. Yep. Week 27, if I recall, against Adana Demispor. We won 2-0. It was a very tough game, but our Viking came to the rescue after a very long time of not being able to play. Misho scores in the 86th minute with a beautiful, beautiful strike towards the um, bottom right corner of the goal. Nothing the goalie can do about it. And uh, and our second goal from a penalty, which Zaniolo scored. Guys, who wants to take us in? Um, I, can, I can get started. Oh, John, I saw, did you want to do it? Oh, where's <laughs> John when you need I him, did. bro? Exactly. I was just going to say, let's start with the lineup. And since Yasin wants to start us off, I give the floor to you. Yeah, just to quickly go through it. Obviously, we played Adana Demerspor at home this week and a lot of familiar faces on the other team, but let's talk about us first. In goal, we had Musleta, obviously Sacha Bowie at the right. Sam playing left back this time. He made a uh, you know a return at that left back position. We had Nelson returning from his suspension. He was out last game. And uh, Abdukerim as his partner at left center, back, left center back. In the middle, we had Lucas Torreira and Sergio. In the attack, we had Rachitza on the right wing, Kerem on the left, and Mr. Dries Mertens made his return from injury at uh, number 10, and Icardi at striker. And, you know, this, this, this did look like a basically perfect 11. Um, Sam is questionable, uh, definitely a lot more questionable after the game, but everything else looked pretty good. Um, form is questionable, but the talent definitely was a proper 11 from Okanoja. On the other side, uh, no point in really going through all the faces, but 
We had Ndiaye, uh, ex-Gala player, Onyekuru, ex-Gala player, and Emre Akbaba, who was definitely involved in a controversial position during the game, was also playing uh, against us today. Uh, but Honda probably would have made uh, shown face today too, or yesterday too, but he had he got received a red card the prior week. Classic. So he was suspended. <laughs> yeah, classic Ben Honda. So he was suspended from playing against us, which... My opinion, you know, Ben Honda on his on his day is a very difficult player to play against. So, kind of glad about that one. Uh, so that was our eleven, and uh, you know, I I think some of these guys' performances yesterday were definitely questionable, and it's it's thanks to Okan Oja and the guys he brought off the bench that we were able to win yesterday. So, uh, you know, a change from to him last and the, week and the change, yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Is there anything that you guys want to talk about first before, you know, or any, you know, no, what let's just get into the game. Off with? Let's start with the first half. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, contrary to popular belief, I didn't think we started off bad. I think we started off well out of the gates compared to what we started playing against Konyaspor. I think we pressed really hard and really well. At times, we didn't. I mean, this is Adana Demispor, okay? They're one of the. I, like if you look at the XGs that they create and how often they play through the midfield, they're one of the teams that are up there. So they're going to get past our pressing no matter what. And they did get past our pressing, but not as often as you think they would. Um, I don't think Adana played their usual game. They were way more defensive than they usually play. They did sit back a little bit more and just waited on the counter, which is, you know, a good strategy. Um Konya beat us like that last week. So I think they took a little page out of their book and tried to implement it against us. They didn't play completely open and wide. We really struggled to do anything and finish in the final third. That was, I think, one of the biggest issues this game. Um, I want to open up uh, a small note on Keram. I know people shit on Keram. He wasn't terrible the first half. But he made so many losses on the ball, man. We we gave away so many attacks just from Kedem losing the ball. It's reminding me of that, you know, the Kedem from the first couple of weeks. It's like, what's, pal, what's going on? What's, uh, what's wrong with it, you know? I think, personally, the Militakum, the national team, you know, he had to go and play two games. And I think he was tired. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you guys think about that. Him and Icardi were probably the two names that were the weakest link in my book. Rashitsa was good in terms of just general team play. I liked the, the the effort that he made going back and forth for the team. This guy, I don't know, man. I, I like him. I rate him highly. I know some of the guys don't rate him as high as me, but I think we really need to have him on the team, stay on the team along with Icardi. Well, I don't know if Icardi keeps going like this, if we should keep him on the team, but first half wise, I think we did okay. We're definitely having an issue creating chances and finishing in the final third. Well, I don't know what you guys think, if you guys agree with me or not, but uh, I don't think we played that bad as, as, as often as people say we played bad. I would, I would uh, yeah, I would be on the uh, other side of the discussion in this case. Uh, I'm also ask you, Yasin, in a bit, but I don't think we played that well in the first half. Not necessarily that we really played bad, as in that we were actually bad, but it just it just didn't click as much. Mm -hmm, yeah, I felt like just like previous games, as I mentioned before, this just reminds me of uh, the first few weeks 
um, that we played in the Super League. And again, look, there's context to that as well. We've played five games in two months. Uh, of course, there was the earth tragic earthquake that happened, but also this national break. And yet again, next week, we have a bye week, which means we also won't play. So our next game is again in, I think, almost not two weeks, but in like one and a half weeks. So mm-hmm. we played sloppy, in my opinion. The thing is, though, I found Adana Demisport to be sloppy as well. And they, they played in a very weird way, if I may say. They played in like Defensively, they like... To me, that's what it felt like. Um, they played on the count just like you mentioned before, but at times I felt like they played like a 4-2-4, like the midfield was completely empty. They were either all at the back or they had all of their tags forward, like Akintola, Onyekuru, uh, the other Ndiaye, Ainen, exactly. So it was a hit or miss. We played very directly, but that's something that we're uh, accustomed to with Okan. And yeah, in general, while I wouldn't say we played really bad, but it wasn't up to the quality that I'm expecting from Galatasaray. And on the card in Kerem, yes, they played worse, but I think that's also mainly due to the fact that we're actually used to them playing pretty good. And if they, you know, drop out of that form, it may... Um, the same, yeah. It looks more obvious that they play bad, but I think they just played kind of in line with the rest of the team, which was just in general average to below average. I mean, um, thing is though, Let's say we take Kerem out of the equation. What does Icardi have as an excuse? I mean, this isn't the first... He was pretty bad in the Konya game, and I would say the Kassel Pasha mm-hmm. game. This isn't his first bad, you know, performance. Not to say he's a bad player, don't get me wrong. People start lynching you, you know, as soon as you say anything bad about one player. No, but, like, we got to criticize from time to time, you know, because these are things that should be addressed. And Nicardi playing three games like this back-to-back is kind of concerning, man. That is true. However, I would say that this game compared to the other two games, I I felt like he also didn't have that much service. Of course, he wasn't that good when he had the ball, but the question then is, of course, how many times did he actually get the ball? And that was also not that often. He didn't Uh, move as much. I felt like he wasn't in the game, like, mentally. That makes sense. Like, usually, he's always coming... Like before, you would see him be more like active in every, like if he wasn't getting the ball, he would come into the midfield, grab the ball and move forward and try to, you know, make mm-hmm. plays for your teammate. But like, it just felt like mm-hmm. he wasn't like willing to do any of that. Yeah, he went from a more of a creator to just uh, sort of a poacher in a way. Yeah, like he's like, he's I, just I, I just want the around. ball. Give me mm-hmm. the ball. But um, yeah, that's just what I made of the first half. It was uh, it didn't look it didn't look good. But then again, context we don't play as often. Uh, once we get a few games, to be fair, there are not that many games left. But once we get a few back to back, I think, I think we'll get that chemistry going. That you know that mesh that we want to see. Like just like Yasin mentioned, beginning too. Mertens just came back from injury. Uh, Nelson just came back. I think those are things that are. Uh, important when going forward but yeah turning to you Yasin what did you think do you agree with yeah I mean more with, I, more with I, me? I think both of you had good points ah, overall I was, I was I was very disappointed <laughs> with the first half though I think the criticism from fans and just not being pleased is warranted um Dries Mertens returning uh not being in form uh you know being out because of injury so he's probably still you know, even even if he's not 100, like he's still 
probably 80 90% of what he was before in terms of you know fit wise too uh health wise and he still made a big difference uh, you know even though we lacked in the attack he still tried his best and we still were able to put a couple additional passes better passes that we weren't able to do prior to ha you know him like joining in the last few weeks yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so he made a big difference but the other guys really lacked performances mm -hmm. you know um i think kerem kerem's passes sergio's passes were really off i mean some of the passes that they tried to do i get what they had in mind but the execution was awful and not just the passes but their shots too like some of these shots whether it was up to kerem which is more understandable he's a center back right but <laughs> i respect him for trying to take shots because uh, we've seen him, you know, put a couple rockets towards goal before. So I respect his attempt and the confidence to do it. But I, I expect way better execution from Sergio and Kerem given their positions and their history and what they're actually able to do on a more consistent basis otherwise. So their shots were just like, uh, you know, it seemed like they were playing football and they were trying to, you know, hit a field goal know. You know, above the net. So those are just terrible. We gave fans I'm sure the like guys four or five free net, balls, bro. <laughs> I know. And I was just about to say the fans <laughs> behind the goal probably had a little bit more fun time, even though it's disappointing to see those goals not those shots not go towards goal. But uh, that and just the the I mean I want to I want to talk about Cardi too because I I felt like I get where you're coming from, Emra, but I think it's a bit harsh because Merton still made those runs. We just did a terrible job finding the ball, and I forgot to mention this is. Uh, Sachi included his passes and his crosses were god awful Sasha yeah, yeah exactly I'm not saying he didn't get terrible any, like, he, he, like I agree with you guys he didn't get much service this game but I felt like he wasn't active in trying to create mm -hmm. any, as involved yeah, yeah that's what I'm trying to say like he's seeing that his team can't I, create shit he's like just sitting there um, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna chill you know that's that's the vibe that I got from him I think I mean Yes or no, spacing is really important, especially when you're a striker, right? Like, the guys next to him, they were playing pretty wide, which is good. Kerem and uh, Rashica were playing wide. And Mertens, if you look at his positioning, you know, his heat space of that game, he was absolutely everywhere on the pitch. So, like, you can only come in to help your midfield so much. He's done that in the past, and I appreciate it then. But, like, Generally, we were able to go up quite a bit, so it's fine that he's in that last line next to the center backs, not always helping. But just he made the runs, and we were just not finding him. Like, and with that said, that is why I also think Icardi has not been the same. He's when you don't find your striker, he's gonna, you know, he's not gonna be able to get involved. He's not gonna have a good touch when the, when he does get the opportunity he might not make the best of it because he was so frustrated beforehand and you know Icardi we know Icardi the guy you know if he gets frustrated he gets frustrated and you saw that it's, it's, I didn't see negative body language from him where it's like all right I give up kind of thing but you clearly saw he was frustrated when he's in the box and uh, Bowie is coming down the right wing he has all the space in the world to make a decent cross and it goes subway style past everybody's head and more to the other side of the field. Like, what is that, Sacha? And when that happens not once, but three, four times in one half for multiple games, Cardi is going to get cold. He's going to not have the same vibes and it's just going to affect him. And I get it. This is the time when we have to support Icardi 
the most. This, these are the times where it's like, okay, Icardi came here with a potentially mental, you know, issue, right? That's that's what the way they described it when he was at PSG. This is a time when the fans really have to be like, okay, Icardi, you're not your best, but we're still behind you. Um, and, you know, I, I think we'll turn around, as Sadi said, with, you know, once we start playing more consistently, because right now it's like we play and we go on break for two weeks. We play and mm-hmm. we go on break for two weeks or we were off again. for a month like- plus. <laughs> yeah, like we play Bashak Wednesday, but that's a, that's a cup game. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's still competitive, but it's it doesn't have that three-point value that is spread. It doesn't have that championship uh, feel to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we beat them 7 nothing before. You know, this this could be a good thing or a bad thing for us too, but you know, we haven't been able to get a feel for things. And, you know, uh, he has the team as a whole ex- has ex- proper excuses, but I think Icardi is, is even more than that. Like, if you, if you put the most informed striker in the world in this team that played yesterday, he would still not be able to do much because he wasn't fed, I don't know, you know? He, like, or you physic- can take- wise, like, physically, he looked weak as well. Like, he couldn't win anything properly, you know? Like, like he's coming that, shoulder to shoulder right. with the defender. Like, there was this one pass, I think it was Mertens that gave to Marquetta. Bro, like, box, yes, right. and, like, you just fall over. Just, come on, like... Stay on your feet. That's all I'm asking, bro. Hold that ball until the rest of your team comes. No, he's just losing. That's what I'm saying. Like, he just doesn't seem like he's in it mentally right now. Yeah, that, that, I agree with that. Um, it, it's tough to see. Um, and, you know. He needs another breakup. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's a comment going around, you know. He's, he's, with, uh, Wanda he's Nara. with the wifey again. And now, you know, he's too comfortable. Yanger, you know? please. Uh, I don't know what it... <laughs> Do <laughs> something low. fucked up again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, bro. Uh, yeah. Then, then yeah. I want to hit on something else if... Uh, um, go ahead, go ahead. That's, that's and that is... Um, yeah. The Emir Akbaba one, right? At minutes, oh, yeah. I think, to re- right. 38. He stomped on... The ankle. I think it was of Mertens, right? Yeah, yes. I think it was of Mertens. But he got away with a yellow. And now the question is, is that what he should have gotten? Is that the card that was deserved? Because in my opinion, and I tried to look at some more angles, but that, that should have been a red, no? Like, he yes. stepped on pretty high up on the yes. ankle of Mertens. And yet again, also in this game, Bar, I mean, where are they? <laughs> The ref, again, wasn't called up to watch it or whatever. He gave yellow and, well, that it... I'm that convinced it. that there's no one in VAR. In that room, it's empty. And the <laughs> ref just pretends to listen to something that's not there. I, I, I swear <laughs> to God. Because not, not only this game, last game and the game before, starting from the Custom Pusher game. Where is VAR? Where are these red cards that are supposed to be given out? Bro, these guys are literally going and trying to injure our players, man. Donk Zaniolo, Ametos, Dubois. Um, now it's Mertens. Like, these are our freaking important players. You understand, bro? Come on. For Like, crying yeah. out loud. And then uh, yeah. there was another position, but go ahead. I'll keep that in mind. No, you go first. You go first. Uh, like, this I is, a, like, pertaining on. to the second half. Um, there was a challenge by Adekugbe, bro, which, in my opinion, was could have been a red card. But they can't go to VAR and give that. They can't. 
never can they go because they know that they didn't go to VAR for us. They have to do AM Jaluk <laughs> to make it seem like all Classic oh, Super League. Classic yeah. <laughs> Super League, bro. Classic. Trying to balance it out. Bro, if we lost points this game, all hell would break loose because look, playing with 10 men, especially in our house, is not easy. It's not easy anywhere playing 10 men and getting a point. Except at Kadukui, but yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets out with a point there, it seems. <laughs> but yeah, dude, like, come on, where is it? And then, you know, Adan Timur came out and made a... I think it's a good time to go and talk about this, but he made, like, a, a statement and, like, cut it short. He's saying that um, there's, like, a red card... Um, Yasa, like, the... the the other team never gets a red card. There's like a phobia, right? And then he's, yeah, it's like, it's not allowed for them to get a red card against us. And he's saying that, you know, they don't want the point difference to be extended from like three and six, which it's, dude, it seems like it's legit. Like from what we see, it seems like it, bro. And so, and one of the other things he said, which, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know if I like this, but he said, at the end of the league, no matter what the circumstances, we have, you know, um, papers or evidence that we're going to announce everything. We're going to put it all on the table. I don't know what he meant by that exactly. It sounded like mm-hmm. what Updraim Albaidak said back in the day, if you guys <laughs> remember that. He's like, yeah. I have stuff. I know things. I'm going <laughs> to reveal all of it. He revealed nothing. Yeah, I, I, I hate that personally, but... But the comment, I, 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 I do like the comment though. Even though he may not really mean it and may not be, um, let's say, as professional as in, oh yeah, getting a red card um, against Galsa is just uh, forbidden or whatever. Yes, exactly. It does, it does, it does create a war mentality, like us against the rest, right? And it can get the players more hyped up because, well, they, they can, of course, also see the injustice happening left and right. And this, again, look, even though... Akbaba may have not meant it because afterwards he did look a bit like, oh shit, I actually, uh, uh, on accident, I did like step on him, but it should have been red card. Like, Bro, Ahmed always came really- out after the Konya game. He's like, oh geez, that, uh, that is probably a red card. This man admitted himself. And yet you guys are still pulling the same shit. Wait, did he? I thought he didn't admit to it. I, I heard that but- he did from multiple oh, okay. people. If he did, Adam, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> it's easy to admit those kind of things when you win, you know what I mean? So But uh, either either true. the case, man, it's you're right, Sai. It should have been a red. Easy. No questions asked. Like even like your worst enemy would be like, Yeah, bro, that's a red. No, no question about it. You put Ali Coach in VAR. He'll probably say I agree with you. What what do you what do you gonna say? No, that did happen. As in, uh, I was watching the game with some friends. Uh, we were having a, we were preparing like iftar together, and one of my friends is um, uh, Fenel in this case. And he also, when he saw that challenge happen, he was like, "Ah, that that's like a straight red. That should be red." And uh, yeah, I joke bro. And he said, "Yeah, but but there's no VAR with us. So you'll see. It's like ah, there's there's like no way they're gonna check this." And then, well, just like we saw it, they didn't even check it at all. It just stayed at a yellow, and then. There he stood, <laughs> seeing it witness, uh, I mean, witnessing it happening to us live with me. And, uh, well, me showing the face like, hey, I told you so. Like, bro, we're always being fucking negatively uh, 
We're yeah. being screwed left and right. Yeah, we're being screwed. I know. We should start an OnlyFans. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Second quarter or second half. I don't know. I think we pulled it around a little bit. Um, Okanhoja made some changes. I think we were a little late. I think Kerem should have came out a little earlier. Um, but yeah, once we made those changes, uh, we kind of pulled together. Uh, right, uh, Yasin, what do you think? Do you think Okanhoja made the right changes? I know last week or last game we were saying that he made the wrong choices. What do you think about his choices now? You think he uh, learned from his mistakes? I think I think they were all really good changes, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Zaniola could have come on a little bit earlier, but um, you know it wasn't terribly late. He still played over thirty-five minutes. Um, the Yunus for Kerem made sense, seventy-fifth uh, minute alongside Micho and Oliveira. Uh, obviously, Sergio wasn't on his game. We saw that. We already talked about it for the first half. So, uh, and obviously, you know. It's easier to say in hindsight, but he scored the goal. So, obviously, it was a very good decision. <laughs> and he brought good energy, you know. Uh, Micho had some controversy, uh, you know, different differentiating opinions recently because, you know, we thought he was going to come and be like, you know, the jack of all trades, be able to get in the midfield at any time and put it in a stellar performance and be bad come up better. And you can still argue he is bad come and better. But, you know, he had a couple of bad games. Uh, not so great games. He got injured. This was a guy who apparently never gets injured, and you know, he happened to get injured with us, so that was very unfortunate, and that kind of hindered some people's opinions uh, about him. And today or yesterday, he showed that okay, I can come on the pitch and make a positive impact. He was involved. He had nice one-two put, uh, touches, passes with people, and he really brought much-needed energy to the game that Sergio didn't have. And Ocon. You know, I don't think he was lucky with that. I think he really read that situation well. And, you know, cherry on top. The goal came with it, too. And so happy for Micho finding that goal. Uh, Kazim John came off for Sam in the 84th minute. I think that could have happened a little bit earlier. I wasn't really happy with Sam's performance. And he had that borderline red card position in uh, the 59th minute. I think that's when Okan should have seen the the, uh, the position and be like, okay, Maybe I need to take this guy off because that challenge was super late. Probably should have been a red card. And when you see that as a coach, I personally like it for you to make a change, especially even before the red, the yellow card. He wasn't playing that great. Um, he's, he's just not it. You know, he's not bad per se. Maybe he is bad, but he's not <laughs> terrible. But, you know, he's nowhere near good either. I don't think he's like, on God's the- level and it's not really his fault. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, we didn't sign him on a long-term deal. He didn't He didn't join us when he signed his long-term contract. He joined a mid-table team, Hatay Sport. Given the circumstances, we gave him an opportunity. And it kind of worked out because we needed a left back. And it worked out even more because he doesn't count as a Yobanja player. But the alternative now is Kazim John. He's 19, 20 years old, and he has been pretty decent. You know, he's not great either, but I don't think he's been to the point where you can be like, why is this kid playing? You know, if 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 he does not play very well, you can be like, oh, he's 19, 20. He just joined. He's learning. He'll be better. You can't say that about Sam at all. So I don't see the point. He disrupts our attack. His positioning is not so great. I'd really rather see Okan 
make that sub earlier and going forward play with Cosm Jun. Unless, of course, Cosm Jun is hurt or not fit, in which we might not know that. Yeah. So, you and, know, that, and, that is a possibility. Yeah. And and on that, that that's uh, that's something that I I still don't quite get when the lineup comes out. When I see Sam start, does anyone have maybe an idea on why he's actually Starting over Kazumjan. Look, Kazumjan, of course, was benched. Uh, like, I don't think back, he's ready, uh, bro. Back, back in a few weeks, but he was injured, right? So okay, but now he's back. But first of all, Kazumjan is on a longer term deal. He's more of a future. And I thought personally that Sam just came here, basically because, well, first of all, he doesn't count as a foreigner. But second of all, more as a backup. But now that I see him start, and I actually—I mean, we all realize that he's not that good. Then I wonder, like, why does he actually start? Uh, I would, I would rather see the other way around. I would rather see Kazumjan start, and if we're ahead in a game like this, for example, then yeah, maybe Sam can come in and just close down the game, you know, and see the game out. But uh, well, what's your guys' take on that? I mean, what, like, why? Look. I like I like the the coming in afterwards because there's less pressure on you. you. Like you haven't been playing for a long time, you know. And then once let's say he does come on and he makes a mistake and oh we concede, what's gonna happen? Oklahoma is gonna get the hate. Oh, why are you playing a guy that's you know fresh out of injury, out of form, you know, yada yada yada. That's what he's gonna get if he doesn't perform. So damned if you do, damned if you don't. What happened when Cosm John came on? The game just completely turned around. Okay, we started pressing more. We started attacking more. Kazim John's defending was good. That gives Kazim John some peace of mind, some like fresh mentality, you know, some Özgüven. You know what I mean? Like he's mm -hmm. like he's gonna go. He's gonna be better later on in each game. Each game he's gonna start earlier and earlier until taking that form, and then the jersey from Ade Kukbe, which will not be very hard, but he he can. <laughs> Take it. I like that approach better than just throwing him on the pitch, not knowing if he's ready or not, as long as we don't 100% need him like we needed Mertens. Because Mertens literally has no backup. Like you, people say Zaniolo. I don't know. I don't really see Zaniolo as a number 10. I'd rather see him as a makeshift striker at best. And I would rather see Rashidza play at number 10. But Mertens said he was ready. That he can play. And to be honest, he didn't play bad. So I can't really say anything. Mertens is Mertens, bro. He's mm -hmm. class, man. I'm glad we got him but instead of, you know, <laughs> Jao Pedro. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was yeah, bad. Then, then would you then say that Cosmogen right now is just being integrated, but eventually. Exactly. I mean, again, yes. That, bro, that, that is the plan, left, bro. That is the plan. I'm telling you. In Okonoja's mind, Sam is just um a, 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 like a makeshift replacement for the time Bonk. being. A pawn in his long like vision like Kazim John is that guy he, he, he was the reason why I asked this and it's good that you mentioned of course he's a very young guy but early in the season he did start games it's not like he never started games for us it's just he started a few and then unfortunately got injured and of course integration does but take remember time. when he started he wasn't starting he didn't start playing in the beginning of the season he came in afterwards and then he took that that jersey and then he started playing and performing really well and and he's I I think Oklahoma is just trying to re replicate that whole process, which I think he's doing well, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm trusting the man who's coming and taking games, you know, with his substitution. Sometimes they may not work out, but look in this game, all three of the players, three players that he made he put in, made a direct difference. 
Zaniolo, Yunus, Fredrik Mitchell. These these three players, bro, are are like an integral piece of the pie. Um, Mitchell came in, and bro, we couldn't open up Adana because they were just completely packed. They defended really well this whole game. I gotta give it some. They they defended really well. They usually concede a lot, but they didn't really come to play open. They were like, all right, we're gonna keep Gosare out, and we're gonna keep it that way. And then see, this is where you know you have players that can make a difference. This is why we have some of the best players in the team, a good bench. Frederick Mitchell comes and steals the show. This guy hasn't scored in like two years and he scores a goal like this. Insane. Then you have Yunus who comes in and with his, you know, prowess and dribbling, he gets a penalty. And who converts that penalty? Zaniolo. So like props to the Hoja. We might have... Like, also, also props to... Uh, I think Gomez. I, I, I feel like Gomez was initially going to take it and then... Uh, yeah. Th- that's at least what my character, idea was. Bro, I love Gomez, bro. Gomez is a, the man, bro. I love Gomez. I don't care how old Please. he is, bro. But even at this <laughs> age, he's still keeping down, bro. A uh, good character to have. Yeah, that's for sure. And I love the guy. But Anything yeah. else to add on the game? Second half or just in general? Because yeah, the subs were good, just like mentioned before. They were on time and they made an impact. I mean, they won us the game. Uh should say that. Uh, yeah, all of them. I mean, oh, we no, no, we... Yunus came on as a sub. We've... He earned the penalty, and Zaniolo scored, who also came on as We're a sub. We're forgetting one guy. And, you know... Who? How can we forget our Viking Nelson, bro? Nelson, the, the man of the match mm-hmm. for me, personally. Really? Yeah, for me. I know Mishra scored that, but dude, if um, Nelson didn't save that goal from that line, I think that would have been a completely different game. He was rated the highest player too on, um, well, at least on FOTMOB for me. I don't know about SofaScore. So, so, SofaScore, same thing. Okay, same there thing. you go, bro. There you I go. mean, there, there's something to it though because up to that point, it didn't, even though we did have the ball for the majority of the time, we just didn't look good, right? And if that we goal couldn't did create go anything. in. I know, exactly. Exactly. It could have been like, like, that's that, right? A, a, a one nil defeat. Like we I were saying, we were like could have ended that way. We were defending pretty well as well. Like they didn't come to our, you know, our goal too often. When they did, it didn't come. Like there was nothing out of it. Like all, apart from Onyekuru's, you know, shot on goal, which came off the bar. Thank God. Akbaba too, by the way. Uh, well, Akbaba, <laughs> it came out from the outside of the bar. They didn't, I don't think that uh, was ever going to go true. in. But uh, yeah, let's just say that one too. They didn't really come. Just that one position, bro. And like Musler was pretty much screwed up there. I don't know. But Nelson, man, just in general in that whole game, like he won almost every air ball. He held it down for the team, man. I love Nelson, man. It's such a shame that we're probably not going to be able to keep him next season. But uh, yeah, I, apart from him, I think we we'll pretty see. much talked about everyone. Optuketin was pretty good. Bowie, we said, wasn't on his game. Well, attack-wise, he wasn't on his game. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I, All right. Yeah, I, I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah, one thing uh, I may want to add is as we have a few harder games coming up, as in in not too long, we have games like, for example, against Besiktas, Basakshir again, Hatikarogimluk. I did notice that we actually have quite some key players who are a card away from suspension. I mean, this game too. Uh, I think Bowie got a card as well. 
got bugged again. Oliveira. So we have five players actually who are one card away from suspension, and those are Oliveira, Bowie, Icardi, Kerem, and Barish. But Barish is a bench player. And yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> tough. But that we can, I and I hope we can like somehow tactically get them booked in one of these less important games, so they don't. That's going to be tough, uh, man. All of our games one. are are rough. Ainan, and these are all like very key players, uh, in my opinion, too. Uh, I hope they don't miss like a big uh, derby game or whatever. But um, yeah, I just want to mention that quickly. Besides that, I don't have much else to add about the game. Just glad we got a 2-0 win again. Yeah, hopefully we uh, continue this and make it a new win streak. One down. Well, technically eight more to go. If we don't mm -hmm. count the the Hatai game, but with that said, Kaiser Sport lads, our next league game, not our cup game, but league game, and uh, Bashak Shed is coming up in a couple of days. Boys, what do we think about that before we get into the Kaiser game? What do you guys have as you know in terms of spectate expectations? I uh, I want to hear uh, Yasin start on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bashakshir at home. Um, that's Wednesday uh, this week, so you guys don't forget about it. Um, definitely going to be a tough game. It's at home, which is nice. And it's another opportunity to kind of prove to ourselves that, you know, we are very good, given even though we've had some bad performances recently. Uh, this is a game where a team that we've beat very badly before and you know, hopefully we can do it again. I'm not expecting another crazy score like that, but a win's gonna be huge at home. Uh, even though if it's even though it's a cup game, and we have the weekend off, so I really want the guys to show up Wednesday and do their best and go into the next game in two weeks a little bit more confident. Because even though we did win yesterday, I'm not sure the players felt amazing after it. Scrappy like win. in terms of. Yeah, in terms of like we played really well, we dominated them, we had a million chances. Because if I'm a player, you know, I might be like, okay, we won that. But like, am I really confident about it going into the next game? Not necessarily. And I want that, I want Bashak shared this week to be that game because then we got Kaiser. And then I think we can really start to hopefully get in our groove. Uh, even though we have a week you know, a game off this next weekend. I think we can really start a proper groove with this last game and Wednesday. I expect to win, of course, and I think it's really important to stay in the cup uh, going forward because not only is it another trophy, and that's what Galside does, they win trophies, but it's going to be important to have those games to continue our momentum. We talked about it for many weeks now. We're not playing as good as we were before because we don't have momentum. So having these cup games is how we build momentum. Yes, it's going to tire our players a little bit more, but it's going to keep everybody honest. It's going to keep everybody on their toes. It's going to give opportunities to some of our bench players to get used to playing with our A-team players. You guys just mentioned we have all these players that are on borderline suspension. So a cup game is going to be a good opportunity to give more minutes to Micho, to Khan Ihan, to Sam, to Zaniolo, and guys like this that when they do start, that they're not lost, right? right? So um, that's, you know, I, I I hope we win it. I think we will win it. Yeah. And uh, am, I, am I giving predictions for the Kaiser game too? Uh, while we're well, at 
I'm not going to talk and give predictions for either game because that's not <laughs> what I do. But Saad, do you... Th- I don't know if... Do you think the Hoja would make uh, a huge amount of rotations for the, the Bashak game knowing that they're not going to play a game, a league game following? Exactly. You just explained it for me, basically. Uh, normally, I would expect rotation, but in this case, is we don't play until, I think, the 14th anyway. I expect us to go... Um, pretty much as strong as possible. Maybe, like, of course, we'll have, like, one or two rotations, but not, not like, a half of the team. Why not see, like, the Serge Oliver or something? Well, maybe we'll see. Yeah, exactly. I don't expect too too much rotation. And even, look, even if we rotate, I don't think our bench options are, like, bad necessarily. It's not like in the past. I think our bench options are capable enough to still uh, get a win here. And... Yeah, the, the the cool part here is if we do win this game and assuming our neighbors do too on the Asian side, we'll be facing each other again uh, for the semi-final. No, 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 we on don't. The other side, are you sure it's them? I thought we faced Trabzon and they faced Sivas. Okay, I, I thought we were going to... Uh, I, I, I at least thought we were going to face uh, Fenerbahce next. And... On the Trabzon side or the other one, there's also still Antep in this. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I assume then that Sivas go through automatically with that. Yeah, exactly. This automatic um, win. Yeah, I expect us just to go as strong as possible or as close as. And just like Galsin said, just to get some rhythm and um, All right. why not? Because after that, they have quite some rest for the Kaiseida game. What's your predictions for the Kaiseida? Let's grab those real quick. Yeah, Kaiser is an interesting one because I believe they recently played they played Trabzon, right? And they won 3 4. Well, 4 3. Quite a, yeah, they won. 4 3. Yeah, a crazy score. Um, uh, if I recall correctly, the last time we played them, we lost. We got annihilated. Not just lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is beginning of the season, or, well, more than the beginning, but at home. I just expect a, a win. I do rate Kayseri for how they play. Therefore, I think the win will be 2-1. Uh, a rather close one. But I do think we'll win. Uh, what is it? Chadash Atan doing wonders yes. there. He's one of the managers yeah. along with Montea that I really like having in the league. They're really giving this league a better performance and allowing people to... like. It's bearable to watch. Uh, so Yasin, what mm-hmm. about you? What do you think of uh, the Kai City game? Give us your predictions. I think I think we'll win it. Uh, I don't really have worry about too much worry there. You know, we're still a better team, and we're playing at home. Um, will it be challenging? I'll have a better answer after I see the Bashak shame, Bashak <laughs> game. To be honest, because again, yesterday didn't give me too much confidence. Um, if you want to score a prediction, I'll say something like 3-1. 3-1, but, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I do expect us to win. They're, they're not near relegation. Uh, so what do you mean? They're, near, I they're like seventh, I think. They're like exactly. I'm saying they're, not, I'm saying they're not near relegation. Ah, okay, so okay. They're, they're not going to be fighting for their lives. I'm sure they're going to really try hard. Chadash will get the best out of them. But will they play like you know their life is on the line like some of these other teams have recently? I'm not sure. They're actually kind of borderline potentially getting a spot in Europe, depending on how Bushex and Trabzon do for the rest of the season. But still, um, I think we'll take it. We're, we're just a better team. 
And sooner or later, I believe this team will really turn things around for what, what it was like before. So we'll see. Hopefully. I, I expect it. Hopefully. Win. Yeah. Well, with that said, I think that's it for the podcast. We'd like everyone. We'd like to thank everyone that stood with us till now. Again, you guys, you guys are awesome. Thank you for tuning in for our 50th episode. It's been a blast having you guys here, guys. Been a blast doing this with you guys. And for everyone that has listened, thank you again. So with that said, please don't forget to like and subscribe. If you have any questions for us, you can reach us at the Lions Den GS on Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to join our community, we're on Discord. You can hit us up for an invite. Till our next one, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and peace out. Bye. Bye. See you guys.